podcast presented by the band West of House. My name is Eric, and thanks for joining us for episode two of season two. Today we'll be breaking down Nothing Is But What Is Not, the opening track off of our second album, Drown the Wind. You'll find out how that song bridges from the last song off our debut album, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to Echoes Down the Road, Season 2, Episode 2. As always, my name is Eric. And my name is Lance. And uh, my name is Bobby Phillips. And we are back. If you're just joining us and this is your first time with us here at Echoes Down the Road, I'm sorry you jumped in right in the middle and it could get weird and frightening, but it's a safe place to be. So just be ready to cover yourself with our warming glow uh, two-thirds of us here tonight are in the band West of House, myself and Lance, and Bobby Phillips joining us for the first time this season. Thank you, Bobby. I remember that guy. He rings a bell. He's vaguely familiar. Yeah, he's sassy. Bobby Phillips is our uh, sixth member of the band, so to speak. He is our mix and master ninja there in the wonderful state of Wyoming, and without him, we would just sound like, well, trash, I suppose. You sound you sound like polished trash. Now we sound like polished trash, which is better than regular trash. Or so I've read. It's the best kind of trash. So if you are just joining us, uh, this season we're breaking apart our album Drown the Wind. This is our sophomore effort. And today we will be taking on the first track, which is called Nothing Is But What Is Not. If you want a little background on that, go to episode one of season two. We really break down the album and kind of what we're going into and some of the themes. But today we're just focusing on that intro track. But first... <laughs> I love it every time. And people, Westies out there, Bobby Phillips, that's you, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, that's me. That is all me. Uh, you, you know, it's, me. we can kind of, yeah, go ahead. Go into the story of how that one came about. Uh, so we did What You Drink in there last season, and we're continuing that time-honored tradition. But you asked for a bumper uh, to kind of introduce that section. And I think you said something to the effect of uh, you wanted something kind of – you gave me a band, and I can't remember who it was. But you want something hair metal with like a glorious um, – who's the guitar player? Uh, what did I say? Nuno Betancourt? Yeah, you said Betancourt. You wanted a Nuno Betancourt-type guitar lick at the end, just something glorious. and. I came up with that sort of, in my head, it's like Steel Panthery sort of thing, but it's just the epitome of three-part harmony, glorious ah, hair metal thing with the sweet picking, guitar solo ridiculousness at the end. So it it's, fit. it's perfect. Yeah, it's, it's exactly just, what you wanted. It's perfect. Nothing introduces alcohol more than hair metal. It's a fact. That's uh, It's in the Bible <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> and Bobby, that took you what, like three hours to do, right? Yeah, no, it was it was a whole like forty five minutes. <laughs> if that, if I thought that. I thought it was like three minutes, but no, I, I think it, you're I okay. think you're over exaggerating. I think it was like half an hour. I, yeah, I think it was about half an hour. Uh, I had it in my head. You asked me for it. I had it in my head. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I spaced it for a little bit. And you were like, hey, we need that. I was like, oh yeah, just a second. So yeah, I whipped that up in about half an hour. Well, that so certainly amazing. begs the question: uh, What you drinking there, Bobby? Oh. Oh. oh, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking the Guideboat Goze Sour from Blacktooth Brewing. It's a sour ale. Uh, Blacktooth is a Wyoming brewery uh, 
they were originally based out of Sheridan, which I believe is where their headquarters still is. Sheridan is in the very, very northern tip of the state of Wyoming, very north central. And just last year, right around uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, they opened another brewery here in Cheyenne. So I've got one just a 15-minute drive away from me. And they've got this on tap. And I love me a good sour beer. Um, and they this came out maybe two months ago, and I can't stop drinking it. I've, I've bought it probably a six-pack every week, maybe two a week. Um, I'll read you the back of the can really quick just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with here. While you can't take a drift boat down the Gose River in Germany... You can still enjoy the tart and refreshing taste of this historic-style ale. Brewed with lemon, lime, and orange flavors, this slightly salty sour beer is all summer and fun. Guideboat Gose is made for lazy days with slow waters and good times. And it's, like it says, very tart, very salty, uh, and exactly what I love in a sour. So, cheers, that gentlemen. Sounds, sounds refreshing, my friend. Mm. Sounds very refreshing. Fit well, with this band, how is the uh, <laughs> we all do love our sours. How is the craft beer scene in Wyoming? Because in California, you know, I I may be biased, but I feel like we're we're living in the golden age here. How are you guys doing out there? Ours is starting to boom. Um, maybe six, seven years ago, we had one or two breweries here just in Cheyenne, and I think we've got like eight or nine here in Cheyenne alone. And uh, Laramie, the next town over, is our uh, one of our two big college towns. Big college towns um air quotes for the listeners uh they've got a handful of breweries um blacktooth and at least one or two other breweries started up in sheridan i think we've got a few in casper there's a bunch of others um scattered throughout the state we've got a lot of wide open spaces but um it's it's growing for sure and i'm drinking more wyoming beer than i am colorado beer now but yeah screw colorado no they've got fat tire (laughs) and i love me a fat tire that is pretty tasty. Uh, astute good. listeners of the podcast will notice that in season one, we actually had a Wyoming-based beer on what you're drinking there, and I hope I'm right, and I'm not just making that up. Uh, and that would be one of my favorite breweries, Melvin, out of Wyoming. Yep. Melvin, um, I forget where exactly in Wyoming, but I can drink their, um, what's it called? The Killer Bees. I can drink that stuff like water, man, the Blondale. That's good so stuff. Good. The two yeah. by four will smack you across the head. Yes, it will. <laughs> which, which is what we want out of a good beer. So that was a good one, Bobby. Thanks for sharing that with us. So if you guys are listening, and uh, can that be found anywhere else or just in Wyoming? I don't know how far they're distributing, but if you go to btbrew.com, you can check out their selection and get some more information about them. BT for Blacktooth, btbrew.com. You guys can also email Bobby, and he will probably illegally ship you some. Uh, my lawyers, I'm getting a message now, are telling me not to answer that. <laughs> Allegedly. We'll Allegedly. Ship. Allegedly. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Cut that. But yeah. <laughs> you, made, you made yourself laugh on that one. I did. <laughs> well, let's dive in, gentlemen, shall we? Uh, so opening the album, we started off with an instrumental. I think on Crescendo, well, I don't think, I know, since I helped program the damn thing, we open up with Yesterday's, which which doesn't quite slap you in the face, but it's got a good build to it. Uh, we did something different here. We opened up with an instrumental, and really I've had a few people, because of the fade, think that for the first three or four seconds there's actually nothing there. And the point was to kind of make a bridge between Crescendo of Silence, our debut album, and Drown the Wind. 
and that was very very intentional so drown the wind one of the themes on it is we go really deep into this idea of the of control and specifically in drown the wind about the illusion of control and those themes are all over crescendo as well where crescendo was more though about specifically standing up to uh, control from outside forces or giving up control say in relationships because of that that that's why we did the bridge and it kind of all started with the end of voyeuristic symphony and if you don't recall off the top of your head gonna play you that outro right now So we have those cellos, and they're beautiful. That was Stephen Schumann, uh, who does play on Drown the Wind on Beautiful Distraction and does an amazing job there. And I have those cellos, and so I, I got the idea that I wanted to create a track that actually only used tracks from Crescendo of Silence. I didn't want to write anything new, just to kind of create this familiarity from that first album in bringing us to this new one. So I took those cello tracks, and I think I took, what was it, Bobby? Did I end up using six cello tracks for this one? Yeah, I just looked at it earlier today. It was six uh, cello tracks. So, so I took one track, and instead of just playing them, I ended up reversing them all. And then I added different VSTs. I added some portal on one. We use a lot of portal in the first album, which we talked about in season one. And so, so what you're hearing, what you're hearing right now, is just one cello track, and it's reversed and it's got some effects on it. And then what you'll hear, and I'll add two tracks, three tracks, four tracks. So let's just kind of listen to that until we get to all six tracks added in. So you can kind of hear how, how they build on each other, and that became the base of nothing is but what is not. Yeah, it's, I don't know, Eric, if you've talked to friends or people that have reached out to you, but those who are connoisseurs of Crescendo of Silence, it's neat when a few of them, that when I started playing the album for them, recognize the sounds, they recognize the familiarity, because there's no way they were just listening to the other album. There's no way they were listening to voyeuristic as that right before we introduced this, but they're like, wait a minute, I remember that. That sounds familiar. And I, I always giggle because that makes me feel good that people actually listen to our music. You know, that that's really cool. I mean, so if, if you have listened to the song and, you know, you, we will play that at the end of this episode. Uh, just an aside, usually I tell you to listen to a song before we start talking about it. We'll do that for the songs, for the proper songs. For this one, we're just going to kind of dive right in because it's only two minutes long. So you, so you guys can wait for the surprise. But Lance, you bring up an excellent point that there are clips throughout it, again, from Crescendo of Silence. You, how many clips do you think are in that, would you say? Clips being multiple cellos, multiple lines. No, well, multiple I already told you there were six bites. cellos. There are no other instrumental tracks in that song. 
There's only samples from Crescendo of Silence. I will throw out a fun number of 24. Well, you're completely wrong. There, there's eight. There's eight samples. Okay. And, you know, surprisingly enough, welcome to our game show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Nothing Is But What Is Not Game Show, starring Lance Fletcher as the contestant, who will listen to clips that are in that song and try to guess them. So this should be very fun. I hope you don't embarrass yourself, Lance. He looks uh, unsure of so himself. We're going to be playing eight different samples that are in Nothing Is But What Is Not. Lance does not have any notes in front of him. In fact, Lance, I think you can honestly say you did not know this was coming, right? That's literally the truth. No, because on the notes, uh, what does it say there on the notes? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I was going to ask it you says, about that. Uh, Kobayashi Maru and Bobby I know that you know what that means yeah and actually I just pulled up this will paint a perfect picture better than I can straight from my brain according to Wikipedia the Kobayashi Maru is a training exercise in the fictional Star Trek universe designed to test the character of Starfleet Academy cadets in a no-win scenario <laughs> a no-win scenario so I am betting that there's no way Lance passes this test. So, Lance, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that was some tasty Japanese dish because I love sushi. But now I realize how big of dorks I'm sitting here with. Tonight, yeah, so, so so listen closely, let's Lance. Let's do this, Trekkies. We're going to play uh, sample number one off Nothing Is But What Is Not. And you tell us what Crescendo of Silence song this is from. Yesterday's. <laughs> that's that's wrong. It, it's completely wrong. Is that reverse as well? By the Any way. Any other guesses? Or are you gonna just wallow in your wrongness? That is not reversed. Yesterday's. That is shameful. You played on this album. It man. is. I played on. All right, your time it. is up. That's a wrong answer. That was carry your dreams. Carry your dreams. Okay, oh, let's yes. go for sample. Number two, sample number two. Yeah. Uh, feels like an, uh, a, a B-side song. Uh, is that, Kobayashi. That's, that's not easy. Yeah, so I'm set up for failure. So far, this is great. Am I at least correct that it's on B-side? No, you're wrong. So you're 0 for 2. That also was Carry Your Dreams. Literally in the awesome. intro. You know what? You'll do better this on this one. This is great content, by the way. <laughs> you will do you will do better on this one. Here is sample number three. Seriously, dude? Hmm. Literally says the name of the song. Well, I'm assuming that says yesterday's, but I'm getting some serious grainy feedback, but I'm pretty sure the last part of that word was yesterday's. Okay, you got okay. one. <laughs> that's one. For a baseball player, that's like Hall of Fame, one, one of three. Well, sadly, it. you've got some more at-bats here. So, <laughs> moving on, and this, you have to get this one, or you're we're going to fire you like Tommy. Okay, here we go. Sample number four. Love that song. That's voyeuristic. 
Good. He's batting 500, Bobby. All right, that's two for, yep. He, he's brought himself even halfway through, and you're at right. even. So let's yeah, see if I'm all sweaty. See if can keep I'm it up. stressed out here. Okay. <laughs> Sample number five. The broken The look of confusion on your face right now is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's so throaty. Um, wow. That is a throaty version of our B-side starter, Holy Ghosted. You're wrong. That's that's turn of phrase. It, it's a, a huh. slowed down uh, the broken shell inherit the earth from turn of phrase, my spoken word poetry song. Oh, I like that. Uh, well, so, this is, I'm glad. This it is reminding like me first, of. The, sounds like it's your first time hearing it. This <laughs> kind of. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. This reminds me of the the spelling bees that you. Um, I don't know if they still air those on TV, but I was expecting him to. Can you play it again? Can you use it in a sentence, please? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but those kids always get it right. I'm failure right now. I was trying okay. to bolster Woo. your confidence there. Well, you're you're two out of five, so you just need one more to break even again. So here we go. Four hundred. This is Ted this Williams is right clip now. number six. Now this is a trick question because that's on our current new album. Well, yeah, yeah, the song that we're talking about. <laughs> No, and I know that's a starter, but that clip is from another song on the album, is it not? No, it's no. not. <laughs> All of these are from Crescendo. Interesting. Oh, my God. God it's so familiar. It's like I sleep in all this. So I wanted to say it was your opening line on Caddy Wampus, but that's... No, that, that would be so uh, out of everything is not always what it seems. Yeah. Uh... Would you like to hazard a guess, sir? Well, that's got to be. I told you this was going to be on the A side of the album. This is great content, though. If anyone is still listening to them, cheers. Bobby to you. and I had a good they, side bet on how many you were going to get right. Yeah, we did, and we're not going to tell. We're not going to tell you till afterwards, though. Hopefully, the listeners are screaming like it's it's right there, Lance. It's the. I'm going to go to Echoes down the road. Oh, great job, Lance. Wrong again. Wrong again. That yes. was Holy Ghosted. Oh. Holy Ghosted. All right. That's How many is that? Two right That's so far, Bobby? Still two, yeah. I got He's a two. Two out of six. Okay, uh, here we go. Well. Clip number seven. This is the this is the penultimate clip, Lance, so you, know, you got to bring it back. Here we go. Clip right. seven. Thanks, It's a short one. You need to hear it again? Yeah, at least a couple more times. Thanks be to God. Say thanks be to God. It does. Can I ask a clarifying question? And this would be a sentence, You can ask guess, whatever you want, but I'm probably not going to answer Is that your voice or is that somebody else's That's voice? not for me to tell you, dude. You're supposed to know our album backwards and forwards. Well, I'm just not that prolific. I'm going to throw down the yesterdays on the spoken. Oh, Lance. Uh, no, again, you're wrong. Damn. That was Echoes Down the Road. And that was not me. That uh, was some ancient priest. Chasing my tail. All right, dude. Here we go. This You can redeem yourself with this final clip. Okay, are you ready? 
Here we go. I, it looks like you're definitely sweating. I can see sweat on your brow because you realize that your job is pretty much in jeopardy at this point. Okay, here we go. Sample eight. It's a Gregorian chant from the 16th century. God, I don't know. Everything's so familiar. These are like my dreams haunting me right now. This episode is going to haunt you for quite some time. I, I don't know. A voyeuristic help just for fun. Oh, wonderful. You failed once again. Moving Shadows. Yes. The intro to Moving awesome. Shadows. Now, how many, uh, Mr. Mr. Tallyman, Bobby Phillips, how many was that right? That was two. Was two. And in yeah, our side sure. conversation, how many did I say Lance was going to get right? Two. <laughs> Lance, you let me down. I thought you'd get at least three. Oh, I really oh, thought. I knew you were going to get yesterday's uh, and the Voyeuristic Symphony one. I was hoping you would get Holy Ghosted. The and with open arms. Yeah. Yeah, you should. I don't know how you didn't get that one. You failed me. Wow. That was I shameful, dude. I. So, so the real, <laughs> the real question. Would Tommy do better or worse than you, Lance? I'm going to say he'll do just as good as I do. That's the I, same. I think answer. that's fair. I, I would say two. I think Tommy would have gotten two. Yeah. Maybe the Holy Ghosted one. I mean, actually, no, he doesn't. I don't think he listens to Holy Ghosted because he didn't actually play on it. So. <laughs> it's true. He doesn't understand that song. Oh, uh, well, thank you for joining us on the game show. You were a wonderful sport. Uh, we have some parting gifts for you. Uh, the best gift being that you do get to keep your job as bass player in West of House, but you also have to wear a circlet of shame uh, all throughout the recording of the third album. I love that. I will wear anything or nothing that you want me to wear. That's or not wear. Still a family show, man. Still a family show. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for bamboozling me. That was a kick in the pants. I rather enjoyed it. If, if anything, that that will probably be my favorite part of this episode. It's just watching you go down That's in flames good. on your own material. I was swinging hard, swinging for the fences. I, really, it's impressive that you could guess that many wrong. You only had ten choices off crescendo of silence. I'm here to impress. <laughs> you, you never fail, my friend. <laughs> so kind of going back to the song I mean that was kind of that point We're bringing these familiar you know, sounds Over from Crescendo Silence We have almost every song represented there And it's just to let you know that you know, Drown the Wind is a natural progression You know we could have set out To do a second album that was completely different And maybe we'll do that for the third album In fact most likely we will But we talked about it last episode How this one was written so closely after I mean starting in October of 2020 and we released crescendo in september of 2020 that I, my mindset i was still in that crescendo area and i wasn't you know rehashing material this was all still stuff that was flowing out with a few exceptions and you'll hear about those in a later episode but it was that natural progression that i wanted to bring the listener on so you knew that you were hearing the next step of crescendo of silence and your thoughts gentlemen do you think we succeeded in that i do so the I, th the, I, I think uh, nothing is but what is not really, and I've been calling it Nibwin. Um, Nibwin. Nibwin. So if I say Nibwin to the listeners, that's what I'm referring to. 
I like um, it. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's Nibbling. like a creature from Futurama or something. <laughs> or was that that was Nibbler? Yeah. Sorry. Nibbler. I I, dig, I digressed. Continue, Bobby. But um, it, it really did when I was mixing it, uh, and we had already gotten to the next track, which was Entwined, which we will get to in another episode. Um, we, you had mentioned that it was going to be the lead-in to Entwined and the album opener, and we had already done entwined at that point so nibwin in the progression of as far as when we worked on and mixed these songs nibwin came after and hearing that with the samples that you popped in there um that once we got it together really did sound like an old friend welcoming you back into their home but then taking you somewhere new yeah i i agree with that i i my analogy was going to be like that warm, cozy sweatshirt you have worn in for so long and it's a cool, brisk night and it's comfortable and it's warming. And, you know, I, Eric and I have talked about this before and I think some of the reviews have been mentioned it. It's, it's brave and bold to start an album with a song that doesn't punch you in the mouth. And to do something like this, we, we compared to some other historical great albums and bands that did do something like this. I believe our drummer was very against this idea of coming in with this soft warm-up teaser. True story. You you've been called out, Tommy. That's that's interesting to me. Because most most albums don't do that. I mean, first of all, who makes albums anymore, right? It's all single action, but but it was a discussion we had, I remember at some point, and I liked when people recognized that bravery, the boldness. Well so. it's interesting to me Knowing Tommy as well as I know him, which isn't quite as well as you guys do, but um, knowing that he's a fan of progressive music, stuff like Rush and Dream Theater, it opening with something soft like that is very progressive as far as the genre is concerned. You think about, um, I'm thinking of like scenes from a memory by uh, Dream Theater opens with a with a with a spoken word thing and a clock ticking in the background, and then. Um, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd, um, opens with um, Speak to Me and then Breathe, which is, again, very mellow and, you know, it was the 70s. There were a lot of drugs involved. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it surprises me that that was an issue with Tommy at the time, considering what I know of his music tastes. That just kind of surprises me, and I kind of wish he was here to bring that up. But you can't defend yourself now, Tommy boy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Eric, I'm not wrong. I'm not making that. No, up, no, no, that was true, huh. uh, because he he gave us the same speech on crescendo uh, when we opened with That's yesterday's, true. which doesn't start off a kick in the face. It, it kind of ramps up, but but Tommy, Mr. Tommy Maris, is an enigma wrapped in a conundrum and shoved into a cornucopia and served at Thanksgiving. But so like a pig, we may never know. We may never know. That's we will true. never understand the mind that came up with pine cone. No, and and we, I don't think we want to. <laughs> no. Because who who knows what dwells in the darkness? <laughs> Tommy, if, if you're listening, shut up, Tommy. Got to get one in. But we do love every it. episode. Every episode. That felt it felt fairly organic, so I thought I could get away with it. Yeah. So the it worked out though. the uh, the final touch on a nibwin. You can call it that because it, it's a lot. It's a mouthful. The final touch on nibwin was something something new that we we did add and. Uh, Thankfully, I, I live in a household uh, 
with artistic kids. And my oldest, she's in New York right now for college, living her best life in Manhattan. Uh, she does a lot of vocal work for me. She does a lot of spoken stuff for me. So the original demo I had for Nibwin, I had took a typed in some stuff on Google Translate, downloaded a wave, and threw it in there for the demo. Uh, it goes something like this. What if you woke up this morning and everything was different? So you can hear on that demo uh, a little different than the final, uh, the, the fake voice that's a computer. It says, what if you woke up this morning and everything was different? And I changed it to what if you woke up tomorrow and everything was different? Because kind of everything on Drown the Wind is, is pointing towards that tomorrow morning, that next day feel, these things that could happen. And so I brought in my daughter, McKenna, to do some uh, voiceover work. And of course, I am biased as the proud papa, but thought she did a hell of a job. Uh, just for her, just to make her listen to this, let me uh, play just that solo track of, of her beautiful speaking voice right now. What if you woke up tomorrow and everything was different? And that's her. That's my girl. That's my baby. That's my oldest, 18, living in Manhattan right now, studying theater and political science. That is the daddy plug, which I'm allowed to do as the dad, whether you guys like it or not. I have no objections. Well, man. she's a pretty cool girl. She is. And then, so moving into that, and, you know, Bobby kind of talked about how we moved into Entwined, but it, it wasn't always Entwined. I tested every fast song on Drown the Wind to see what would work. And I think I sent, I, did I send you different ones, Lance? Or just in twine? Yeah, you and I talked, no, you and I talked about this for like almost a week, maybe five days. And I, I don't think Entwined was the one that sat on my mind initially. I, I want to say it was, um, I think it was American was the initial one and maybe Oracle. And like Entwined was really the third choice that I was thinking initially. And then you and I just kept going back and forth as we were listening and figuring it out. And then once you actually literally put Entwined right after it, it just pops. It was really kind of a fun experience. It worked. I think you're right. It was American. American was the one that was there because Americans, I mean, it's got that hook. It starts off with those really cool drums. It, it would be a great opening number uh, for almost any album. Uh, but for, for yeah. this kind of, you know, coming second, even though it's the first proper track, Entwine just has that feel with the arpeggiated guitars that start out and just it rolls right after Nibwin so perfectly and seamlessly. It's like the two were meant to go together. Yeah, it turns the page flawlessly after that fade out when McKenna says it and finishes it. and It's quiet and then it, you just have that single singular guitar doing its thing. It, it fits absolutely perfectly. Now, now, we should call you out that this time because... On the album, on like Spotify, that that bothers you, doesn't it? Because one of your notes you gave was something you didn't like about Entwined. So context for the listeners, as we were going through the final post-production mastering stage of this, which is where we've mixed all the songs originally, you know, step by step, we do these one at a time, and then we come back to the whole thing, and we're all listening, and we're all pitching in notes, and it really, after a while, it comes down to minutiae. Um, things like guitar squeaks, vocal noises, weird breaths, and stuff like that. But the very first thing, we I, I got the sequence list from Eric, and I put all the tracks together, and I did a first master to get everything uh, roughly the same volume and the same tonal, so it doesn't sound like a song it doesn't stick out and not belong on the album, is, is the quick and dirty way of putting it. And we had always talked about crossfading Nibwin into Entwined, 
And uh, a byproduct of that is if you skip Nibwin on the album and go straight to Entwined as the first song, there's this little piece of Nibwin left over at the very beginning before that guitar part comes in. And that's by design because we want the, the tracks to flow into each other. Um, but one of your first notes, Lance, on that track when you were first listening to it was that little bit of leftover Nibwin on the beginning of Entwined fading over. What do you have to say about that, Lance? Well, I um, I now remember exactly what you're telling me. And it did bother me for a good little while. Um, because there is that bleed over between the two. And it does bother me a little bit. And maybe it's partly I'm guilty because on our first album, I often, because Yesterday's was one of our first songs, technically our second I've heard it so many times and I love Carry My Your Dreams so much, so hard for it, that I often start that album on song two. And so not that I want to skip Nibwin, that's not my point here, people. I'm not giving you ideas and poisoning your thoughts, but to start a song, if you were to play that single, which by the way, is a lovely single on YouTube, check it out, West of House channel. Um, I, I just a clean break. Otherwise, you're going to have this like little dribbly, dreamy thing that kind of where you're like, what? You'd be all confused if you don't have the context. But, so. but Lance, who who would just skip to a song? I mean, wouldn't it's an album. Wouldn't you listen to the album from start to finish? Uh, I, I often do. And I'm sure I do this more than most Americans nowadays. But um no, I jump around if I'm driving home or I'm driving down from a, one of my favorite restaurants. I'm going to pop in a couple songs. I'm going to pick a song. And I'm not going to do that bleed Lance, over. Lance, this is a very important question that my wife and I have argued over what the correct answer is. And when I say correct, it's obviously subjective, but I'm right. Um, what are, do you? Well, she's clearly she, not in the room. <laughs> she's not in the house. Um, but... The, Even smarter. Good, good. And play. she doesn't listen to this yet. I'll make a fan of her yet. The question is, when you pop in music, just in general, you're sitting at home listening, or you're in the car, or you know, commuting, or at the gym, or whatever the case may be. Do you pick an album, or are you a shuffle guy? I'm not a shuffle guy at all. I'm we an can album be guy. Um, however, however, I mostly listen to Audible books when I'm driving. So. Be that fair, not sponsored, but correct. Um, but yes, no, I'm an always an album guy. I don't even like when it somehow gets triggered as a shuffle, I get so pissed because that song is in the wrong order of what I know of said album. I am the same way, and when my wife listens to music, she puts entire playlists with varying artists and styles on shuffle. And usually, for me, when I listen to music, I'm in the mood for something, and I want a particular album, so I start the album from the top and go from there. Occasionally, like I'll just want to listen to a specific song, which I totally get for Entwined, and we've got yeah. the single version of that, too, without the little bleed-over. My wife, it'll completely whiplash from something really kind of poppy to something heavy metal to something singer-songwriter, and nope. I just... Nope. As as ADHD as I am, I just cannot do that. I need to be in control of that. So we're all on the same page there. Yeah, that's like drinking a 
water and there's a fly in it and you have to pick it out of your mouth that's what that you just described to me now now i would I say <laughs> though the exception are playlists that you curate fair for a specific reason that's that's because i have fair. well over 150 playlists on spotify of different things but those are curated in a specific order for a specific reason there it is give me give me two specific reasons because I'm glad you said that because I was about to say the whole invention of a playlist is just silly. What you're spending this time? Did you you live like, through the eighties, man. Music. You lived through the. Did you not make a mixtape ever? I didn't. I never did. The only time I ever had a mixtape was from a girlfriend. I never would wait. That's that's I, what I mostly did was when CDs came around. Is I'd find my friends who had computers because I never did to burn CDs for me because I didn't want to pay for them. Oh my gosh. This explains why you were single for so long. Uh, that the, was the mixtape really ever in my life. <laughs> uh, there's, a there's a joke there and I'm just I'm just leaving it out. <laughs> the mixtape was a rite of passage. It was it was what you did, man. And there was a genius to it. When done well, a mixtape or today a curated playlist. When done well, it's a work of art. I'm gonna have to go rewatch High Fidelity now. Um, yeah, don't get me don't get me started. Or we'll we'll start throwing out top fives <laughs> because I completely relate <laughs> to to that book and movie. And you know, plug sh shameless plug. The book is far better. Uh, but oh man, yeah, it's an art form to put together something that well. I would never do it to an album because an album it well it's curated for a certain order. For ours, tracks 1 through 11. If you shuffle it, Tommy, I'm looking at you, you <laughs> bastard. If you shuffle it, you are a monster. <laughs> because you're you're basically spitting in the artist's face. And I get it. When we write a song, when we throw it out there into the, into the universe, it no longer belongs to us. But know this. If you shuffle our album and then go into your bathroom, turn off the lights, and chant West of House five times in the mirror, I will appear, and I will beat the ever-living hell out of you for shuffling our album. And he's a big guy. I think we can track that, you know, that digital media out there. It tells us if you are shuffling. Uh, okay, where were we? Uh, Bobby, you know, let's, let's turn it to you, man. You have any wondrous tales of mixing on this one? I mean, this. so there's a funny little thing that I never told you about that I had, like, the tiniest little panic attack, heart attack when I first pulled the tracks in. So... When West of House finished recording a song, they send me all the tracks, which depends on the song, of course, but there's usually the um, the drums, if there are any, which in the case of Nibwin, there aren't, and then bass and guitars and vocals and then um, any samples, and they're all really well-labeled uh, as far as the content, so you know, verse vocals versus chorus vocals. And in addition to all of these individual tracks, I also get a rough mix, which is what uh, presumably the last thing Eric has been listening to as he's been working on the song, which also gives me a rough idea of what the song should roughly sound like as far as a balance, what the focal points of the song are versus what are the background elements. So as just a random arbitrary example, if I got a song that had guitars and organs that were kind of competing sonically for the same space, same frequency range, I would listen to the demo to see is the guitar more prominent or the organ. So when I pull in those files, everything sort of lines up and I can flip back and forth between the demo and what I'm working on. And I have a visual and an audio representation of that. When I brought in all of the tracks for Nibwin, the demo 
had entwined tacked onto the end of it. And I didn't realize that for about 20 seconds. So I brought all the tracks in and the viewers can't see my hands, but the Nibwin tracks were about here and the demo shot out to about here. And I was like, oh crap, am I supposed to build something? Did they leave out a bunch of tracks? And I start like pulling my hair out. I'm like, how do I address this? Like this, this seems like a massive oversight or error. Somebody screwed something up somewhere, probably Tommy. And then I clicked ahead and I realized it was like, wait, I've heard this. Oh yeah, I mixed that last month. It was entwined. <laughs> and so that was when I pieced together and then I went back and read, reread what you had sent me regarding the track and it made sense. But for about 15, 20 seconds there, I, ooh, it was rough. <laughs> Gave you a little scare. You did. We try not to do that too much. Well, and, you know, I'm okay with creating some things, um, you know, from scratch. If I get told to, like, hey, um, sing some backup vocals or we need a guitar part for this. But to to add a full however long Entwined is, five or six minutes. So, but, yeah, that was just the fun little scare. As far as mixing it, um, if I remember correctly, of the eight samples that we just grilled Lance on earlier, not all of those were in there originally. I think the yesterday's one, I'm, I'm pretty sure I pulled and added as well. Correct. After you had sent me the demo. And there might have been one more. I'd have to check the session. And if I do that, it stops recording the podcast. So We added, uh, uh, thanks be to God, I asked you to add That's later. right, yeah. That was, not, so, that was not in the original. Yep, so there were the two there that we added after the fact. We put the... The, the first mix together, and then we realized, uh, as Eric and I have mind-melded now, uh, that there was something missing in a couple of the spots, and we kind of hashed it out and came up with those two samples, the chorus from yesterday's and Thanks Be to God. Um, but other than that, like given that it's actually not a ton of tracks, it's the six cello tracks, I added um, two synths to that, actually, um, to kind of brighten the song up. I felt like it really could use the help to be more of an open welcoming sort of thing so in addition to brightening a lot of the tracks with equalizing um, eq and other effects i added a pair of synthesizer tracks mirroring what the, the stretched out reverse cello tracks are doing that have a lot more of that air and brightness to kind of give the whole thing more of an open less ominous and foreboding sound um so that was my contribution to that in addition to the mixing. And it kind of transformed the song, I would say, from the foreboding demo to the more welcoming, familiar final product. Um, I'd love to hear Eric's thoughts on that, too. Yeah, uh, to be perfectly honest, I had no idea you actually done a synth track. I remember you, we, we talked about uh, changing it from ominous to not ominous, but I, I, I didn't know you added synth to it. Well, now I got to add you to the credits for that one. Thanks for telling yeah. me, man. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh. I mean, whatever you did, it was good because when I tracked everything backwards, the ominous thing was there, and it was not the intent. Yeah. The song was not intended to be like this, you know, before you open this door, look out. You know, it's supposed to gently draw you into the next album, not set you up for a jump scare. Yeah, it's just a, a more airy, open synth sound to kind of add a little bit of that air and um, just lighten the whole thing up a little bit. Nice job. You did good, man. Yay. You did good. I know I told you I did that. It's in the messages. 
Yeah, well, I, I forget lots of things. That's okay. So. so do I. I didn't forget it on purpose, but, you know, I'm happy to hear it again. That's a, that's a wonderful thing about having a terrible memory. I get to enjoy things twice. Now, Eric, just question, listening to you guys talk and thinking about the clip. Did you, the demo that you sent, Bobby, was it pretty much what you ended up creating, Bobby, and just you did kind of add the synth and you did the kind of the layering and all that's not the layering, that's not the word I'm at looking for, but because it kind of unveils itself, right? So the fact that you have these little pieces, you chose which clips from which songs, I'm assuming, and that's what Bobby worked with, or was there a discussion between the two of you that kind of changed that, that you know, wasn't there yeah, the initial Yeah, so thought? Eric sent me, what Eric sent me was effectively what we ended up with. Um, I made it brighter. I added my synth track, but the placement of the samples minus the the ones we just talked about the yesterdays and thanks be to god all those other samples and mckenna's voice were in place and i don't believe we moved those um and then after the first mix Aaron, eric and i were talking and decided to add the yesterdays and thanks be to god after that first mix just to fill out a bit more of that space and keep it interesting yeah there wasn't well done boys oh, thank you sir that there wasn't i mean there wasn't a lot there you know it's 15, I think I sent him 15 tracks. That sounds about right. You know, roughly. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so as far as mixing goes, it, this was a cake one. It, you know, it was all pretty much there in the demo. And, you know, the what not to, you know, understate what Bobby does when he takes even a few tracks, the, the brightness and the ninja and all the black magic and sorcery, you know, it's completely necessary and it turns it from good to great. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty f more fleshed out than I would say the other tracks are when we send them because we end up do making a lot of changes. We didn't have to make, you don't have to make a lot of changes when they're samples. Yeah, that's very true. There's not a, much of, if anything at all of an element of a live performance to that other than sampling previous live performances and McKenna's vocal takes. I was going to say, Eric, is, is this a time to talk about where wind nib comes from? I mean, I, it clearly where, is a play what, on of words. Where what comes from? title of the song no what'd you what'd you call it i called it nib win mm, i don't think you did no you didn't did i say win nib <laughs> <laughs> i like to mix things up yeah so like i'm assuming there's a place in your brain where this was born from uh clearly there's some play on words here and i'm always interested in digging and mining into your dark realms of your brain well i I, I would love to take credit for this one, and we alluded to it the last episode. I, I think we actually talked about it. Uh, this was one of those things when I went on my Macbeth kick for about you know six weeks in the middle of recording, and there's a, uh, well, hell, I'll just read the passage. I did my Shakespearean reading in episode one, so why don't we do a little Shakespearean reading in episode two? <clears throat> but in you know my normal voice, I'm not going to British accent this. So th this is Macbeth talking he says my thought whose murder yet is but fantastical shakes so my single state of man that function is smothered in surmise and nothing is but what is not so to kind of set that up Macbeth is he spends the whole first act you know wondering if he, there's a prophecy that he will kill the king and become king and he struggles with this and we talked about you know how drown the wind came from one of those from one of those monologues 
And here he he's going over this idea of whether or not he should kill the king. And there's so many thoughts running through his head that he can't separate fiction from reality. And so he utters that phrase, nothing is but what is not. And the thing that really struck me is how well this fit in with the theme of Drown the Wind. Because, you know, there's a prophecy that he thinks he has to fulfill. And it's, again, it brings up this idea of the illusion of control and how that sort of control is, it, it is not real, only in our minds and it only has the power that we give it. So that really resonated with me. And it was at one time, one of my ideas for the title of the album. Now, I'm glad Drown the Wind won. I think that was far better. But I still had it in my back pocket. And when I was doing the intro, it was my tracks. It says intro. And that's just not a cool title. So we, we, went, we went back to nothing is but what is not. I was not present for the first episode. And I don't recall um, our group chat ever bringing up Macbeth. This delights me to no end. Uh, Macbeth is my favorite Shakespeare well, I'm glad that I'm glad that worked for you. Did you not know that Drown the Wind initially came from Macbeth? It's been a hot minute since I've read Macbeth, so no, it didn't register at first. Although it's it's an obs- it's an obscure line, it's not one of those famous ones. Yeah, but nothing is but what is not rang a bell, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But you know, it's it could have just as easily been something that Yoda said, for all I know. <laughs> I learned something new this episode, and you learned something new. Everybody wins, and and Lance and and Lance, we found out knows nothing. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Two well, out we of knew that. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I mean, you know. Um, there were two other titles that we talked about last episode from Macbeth. Can the Devil Speak True? True. That is true. And and Make Thick My Blood. Oh, I love that one. So there were four on the, there, the dossier. There were four that we Macbeth were titles. So Out Damned Spot wasn't in the running? No? No, uh, not so much. Maybe for a B-side. There you go. <laughs> It's just so good. And people, Westies out there, if you haven't read Macbeth or even seen the movie, and, and I would say, uh, I think it's 2015, Ray Fiennes, we talked about in episode one, uh, wonderful retelling of Macbeth. He, they do a great job in that one. I would highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Shakespeare's mastery of, of character development and the struggles they go through and mix that with the language it's just a wonderful experience. So I'm full on nerd and West of House. We are big Shakespeare fans, or at least I am. Lance uh, prefers uh, the giving tree. But, you know, for me, Shakespeare, it, it's where it's at. Wow. Hey, I, Othello was my favorite, and I could have not done the rest. But I was a big Herman Hess fan in Siddhartha, and that could be another episode that the three of us do later. Maybe season three. Oh, yeah. That book changed my life. Well, I like I like where your mind's at. We should definitely uh, dive into the tomes in season three because I know all three of us are, well, I mean, that may be the only book you've read, but I know Bobby and I are voracious readers, and we should really just have a whole episode just on Dune. Oh, my God. You know, we, we could probably go that would, for yeah, that'd be a, five a hour good two episode. hours. <laughs> yeah, as well it should be. It's, it's an epic tale. I'm not mixing um, that one. And, it's an epic tale. And I still have to read... Um, uh, House of Leaves? Yeah, House of Leaves. You haven't read that? I gave that to you like a year ago. I know you did, and I still haven't had... I shouldn't say I haven't had a chance. I've been reading other things. I'm reading uh, Asimov's Foundation right now. Oh, just watch the show when it comes out. Uh, No. (laughs) We'll save it for the episode. 
<laughs> we'll save it, but All the right. West of House. Well, you better read House of Leaves. I, I'm glad now that you're done with the album, you can because it's gonna it's gonna drive you to insanity. Okay. Kind of like my solo album. Yeah, did. which we still need to do that episode as well. It's a bonus episode. We also talked about that in episode one. So All right. we, we will be doing a bonus episode. Awesome. I, All I right. Like the West so, of House uh, Book Club. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah, we're, we're gonna morph into, we'll into Oprah by season four. We'll be giving away, you know, House. cardigans and talking about our favorite books. So what do you think? Should we should we play this little track? We'll leave out entwined. We should. You know, that there won't be any little jobbies there at the end. But let's uh no, no bleed over. No, let's bleed over. So we're going to go ahead and play it, and you're going to hear what you think are a few seconds of silence. Don't worry, Westies. The song is actually playing. Put on some headphones, too. I highly recommend this song with headphones because there is so much going on uh, in left and right and panning, and Bobby did a masterful job in his mixing, and it just it really surrounds you, you know, with this introduction to Drown the Wind. So without further ado, here is Nothing Is but what is not. So there you go. You know, it it sets you up nicely. It's not a burner. In fact, I think we we mastered this a few dBs down than Entwined, didn't we, Bobby? Yeah, as sort of a way to give Entwined and the rest of the album more impact. Uh, closing uh, closing thoughts on Nibwin, gentlemen, before we before we close out the show. Well, I'm happy that we did something different like this because it does set it's almost like hey we did an album already man 
and we're awesome and we have this new confidence to do something like that, right? As a first album, I don't think you can pull that off. So I think that's kind of a cool statement. Like we're loving what we're doing. We're happy with the art we're producing and creating and we're gonna be bold and brave. I think there's also something to be said for the coming out with the confidence uh, it to the forefront with this album for you guys because as we discussed in the last season of the podcast we were still kind of discovering the west of house sound as we were working through that first album and it was probably a third to halfway into working on that album somewhere in there that we really started to feel like we had a handle on the west of house sound and by the time we start on uh, Drown the Wind, we got a much better handle from the get-go of what Westerhouse sounds like. And I feel like leading with that confidence of this is who we are is a great way to start an album. And that perfectly sets the stage for the third album, which will now be completely different, just because it, it's, it's an, you, think you, you think there's a Westerhouse sound now, so we have to change is that. Is it avant-garde polka? It's avant-garde polka, it's, isn't it? Uh, esoteric space jazz. <laughs> or snake, in the house. Snake I, I don't know jazz. what it means, but but we're gonna invent it's, it. It's snake jazz. Snake. <laughs> Little Rick and Morty there for you. Snake jazz. Whoop a dum dum. All right, and with that, uh, we're gonna roll out. So thanks for joining us for episode two of season two. This was a fun one, guys. Uh, as always, we're gonna plug a few things. Uh, the, the podcast has been out. Echoes Down the Road has been out for quite some time. If you haven't already, please subscribe to it. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can listen to it on, on Podbean. That's where it's hosted. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, wherever you listen to it. But find it and subscribe to it so you get those new, uh, you get those new episodes that the day they drop. And we'd also like you to go out and listen to the album some more. If you would like to buy it and support us and support independent music, which we are big fans of, even if it's not us, go on Bandcamp. Find some cool bands. Buy their albums. Uh, it's obviously not what we live on. We have jobs. We will be fine. But when, when you create something and you, and you as a listener, even me as a listener, when you find something that you resonate with, when it tracks with you and you love it, give the artist five, seven bucks. You know, it's the same as one of those overpriced Starbucks coffees. And it's it's not that the money is going to help them pay the gas bill. It may, it may not, but it means something. It, it's a tangible way to say, I appreciate what you did and I value it. And so I am giving you this in return. So, And you can listen to it forever as opposed to that coffee getting cold. Yeah, and no one wants all that. that nasty stuff. Don't drink this stuff anyways. You know, it's just they overcook their beans. Come on, people. <laughs> And right Bandcamp doesn't sponsor the show in any way, but uh, every once in a while they do Bandcamp Fridays where they waive all of the fees that would normally go to Bandcamp. So those particular Fridays, if you happen to buy music from West of House or any of us or any other independent artist, all of those proceeds go to the musicians who created that work. Which is very cool of them. And we, uh, again, they aren't sponsored by this show in any way. Uh, but but we are fans of Bandcamp. They do a good job. And you can find us on Bandcamp if you're looking for us there at westofhouse.bandcamp.com. If you'd like to listen to us on streaming music, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal or anywhere except for Pandora. And I'm going to start my, you know, my fight with Pandora because 
they don't like indie artists, but that's a whole nother episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook.com, West of House Band, Instagram.com, West of House Band, Twitter.com. Guess again? Yes, West of House Band. There is a pattern. Or you can go on YouTube, and we'd like you to subscribe to that channel, too, at YouTube.com slash C, as in Charlie, slash West of House. You can see all our videos, including a video for Entwined, our latest single, which we are very, very, very proud of. So, gentlemen, before we play the outro bumper and leave all the Westies, you know, on their couch for the rest of the night or wherever they may be, any final words? I do hope they download that YouTube of Entwined because that will be our next episode. Ladies oh, and that is a good call. Entwined is the next episode, so really, you should, you know, click stop on this when we're done and go watch Entwined. Yeah, because it's not just listening to it. It's really, it It explains the song lyrically in a way that I think a lot of people miss listening to Entwined. I, I would not so. say a lot of people. I would say the vast majority of people list, including the guys <laughs> in the band who had no idea what the... So just a little preview, you know, because we can. Entwined, <laughs> and we're going to talk about this next episode, but this was not a West of House song. Entwined was a song from the Mad Ones. If you follow us, you recognize that name from season one. It was a band that Lance and Kevin and myself were in. When I wrote the song, the lyrics uh, to Entwined, they had no idea what this song was about. And I don't think you even know, you knew in West of House until I told you, right? Yeah, I tend to not read the lyrics until the song is done. It's okay. Lots of people are literate. that's my apology. Not a problem. I I don't judge you at all. (laughs) So, and of course, I'm not going to tell you what it means. That's for you to figure out before the next episode. But the video does help. Yes, indeed. The video, I mean, really, it's in your face. So, it's not subtle. (laughs) And we've got a lot of cool stories to share about that one. It's going to be a good episode. Like my coworker that I shared it with. um, It was a pretty awesome experience. So, please check that out, everybody. It's good. Bobby, you're coming back for that one, right? I should be back for that one. So, that that should be fun. Um, I had a little extra contribution on that. We'll get to that, that episode. Yes, that that will be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be. Will. See, isn't that exciting, Westies? There's some good stuff. Season two is already ramping a lot of up. Teasing has some pretty Lots awesome material. Lots of teasing. The whole season is teasing and pleasing. Tantalizing. Give a dog a bone. All right. So <laughs> that said, hey, you guys have a wonderful time. Thank you for spending, you know, 60, 70, 80 minutes, whatever this turns out to be, uh, with us. We really appreciate your time and your just your investment into what we do. Uh, You guys make it all worthwhile. So have a wonderful day, night, whatever. We'll see you next time. Yeah, I never had time to make a mixtape. Oh I was too busy. That, being this awesome. is what, <laughs> so off the rails right now. <laughs> that's that's par for the course, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, uh, Tommy, well, who am I talking dilly about? Dilly. I don't even know. I keep calling you Tommy Lance because right now you're the same to me. You you, you have become in. you have filled the Tommy vacuum and about to be equally fired for not doing. You are tape. the Tommy of this episode. You have just wow. said so many things that are shameful and embarrassing.
that really yeah. and i'm not no, that was i'm not cool purpose. at all but just by hanging out with you i become the world's most interesting <laughs> man <laughs>